Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> you know, Brother Larry, I thank you so much for that meditation this morning. I probably needed that as bad as anybody did. But I think we could all say we need that. Amen? We need to trust the Lord. And probably we could all say it would be better if we could trust Him more. So I am, um, I am challenged with that and I, I hope to do something with that in my life in the future. I think let's, uh, let's kneel together. Can we do that here? Let's kneel together and have prayer together. <clears throat> Lord, there's somewhere there's a line between trust and need. I recognize my needs. I think we recognize our needs. We also recognize the need of trust. So Father, this morning as we kneel before you, Lord, you look down on this little congregation here and you see us, you know every heart. You know our struggles, you know our victories, you know our defeats. You know when we've won that temptation and had, had victory over it. You know all those things. Nothing is hidden from you, Nothing. Though we may present a facade on the outside, you see our hearts on the inside. And we're thankful for that. Because we're praying, Father, that you would look into our hearts, each one of us this morning, look into them and see whatever's there that's either shouldn't be there or needs to be repented of or needs to be encouraged or needs to be changed. That, Father, we might come through this little service this morning, this little time of worship And you might have been able to speak to each one of us because our hearts have been open. I pray, Father, that you would break into our hearts somehow. Somehow, Father, come and and make us different than we were when we came into this building. Somehow, Father, that your your Holy Spirit would come in. and, and, And whenever that Spirit comes in, there is a change. And I just pray, Father, for that change in my heart this morning. Even as you heard this morning about trusting you. So I pray, oh God, come. And minister to us this morning. And I pray also, Father, and and thank you for the blessing you have given us of salvation. And the opportunity and the, the reality of it that we can walk in salvation. We don't have to wonder what's going to happen to us when we die. You've given us promises. You said, walk this way and I'll show you how. And and, and in the end of life, I'll take you to be with me. Thank you for that, Lord. Oh, God. Help us. Now, Father, as you have shown us so clearly there in the 
the example of there where those disciples were out in that boat and as Brother Larry brought out this morning that they were out there and, and the winds came up and there was tempests and there was, there, was, there was fear. There was the danger. There really was the danger of that boat capsizing and those men never making it back to shore. But there was also the fact that you said, go to the other side and I'll meet you there. Now, Father, as we kneel here on our knees before you this morning, may each one of us, both individually and collectively, we might grab a hold of that faith and that trust to know that you said, go to the other side, I'll meet you there, and you'll be there. May we each one this morning, Father, give us grace, each one, to go through all the storms, holding on to you, trusting you, that when we get there, you'll be there. And there's no doubt about it. In fact, you said you'd even go with us. So we thank you for those things, Lord. We thank you for those things. May your kingdom come and your will be done in my life, in our lives, in the life of this congregation this morning, Father, just like it is in heaven. We pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to speak this morning about following Jesus. Or probably better said, maybe in one sense of the word is, I'd like to talk a little bit this morning about baptism. Because we have five young people who have expressed a desire and have a need for baptism. And I can, I can understand if you may think, oh boy, this is going to be a a burdensome subject to work through here. It's a doctrinal thing. And I hope it's not. But I'd like you to bear in mind with you as we consider what, is, what, what, is, what we're talking about is the Lord is excited about this. The Lord's not, not bored. And I don't think we will, we will be either if we keep our hearts and minds focused on Him. But there's, baptism is a form and a, an expression of following Jesus. Now, common expressions like that sometimes lose their significance with us. I decided to follow Jesus, or I gave my heart to Jesus, and, and those kinds of things. <clears throat> they sometimes can lose their significance a bit. But I'd like to somehow renew it in our minds somehow this morning. I'd like to renew in your minds that this thing of following Jesus is not something that gets old. This thing of walking with Him is not something that gets old. It's something that when we walk with Him and we hold on to Him and we, and we trust Him, there's power and there's the ability to walk through anything in life. And there's on the, uh, as we walk through it and on the other side, there's victory. Now, I know we have our human feelings and emotions, and sometimes they, they take us places where they probably shouldn't. But I acknowledge that sometimes 
Well, you know, I sat back there with my wife this morning a little bit and did some thinking. And some tears came to my eyes. And I said, Mark, you need to get a hold of yourself. <clears throat> so I'll try. I'd like to talk about baptism. The command, the significance, examples, the cost, and the decision. <clears throat> and I'd like to try to be done by around 11.30. <clears throat> the command. This is not a new subject for all of us. All of us here, I think probably every single one of us, know about baptism and what God asks of us. So it's not a new command, but just let me read a few scriptures. In Matthew 28, verse 18, he says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. This is right before he left here, and right before he ascended up into heaven, after he was here, right before that. And he said this, he said to his disciples, and this was written down, and now he's speaking it to us. He says, Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Let that sink in. He told us what to do. He said, I want you to go. I want you to baptize. I want you to teach. But this is what I want you to do. And he said, I'm going to be with you. You're not going alone. So now, so does that mean we're all supposed to go out and be missionaries and we're supposed to be out there teaching and baptizing and bringing people to the Lord? In one sense, yes. In another sense, we have our places of responsibility. But I don't want to minimize the spirit of what Jesus was saying here. I want to focus on that just a bit. The spirit is, he says, I want you to tell them about me. I want you to go out there and teach them. I'm leaving, but I'm leaving responsibility with you. And I like to think when he said that in his omnipotence, in his omnipresence and his omniscience, he can look down on this congregation right here and he can see today, January 5th, 2021, and he saw every person sitting here and he said, I want to I say something to you folks this morning. I want to say something. And he said, I want to tell you what I want you to do. And I'm going to tell you also, I'm going to be with you. <clears throat> he said, the Lord is at our side. He said, I will be at your side. Okay, let's move on. There could be a lot of things taken into that, but I'll go on. And in Mark, he says somewhat the same thing. He says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. Pretty strong words. Pretty clear words. Nicodemus said to him, So you say I need to be born again. 
Can I enter the second time in my mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus said, listen, Nicodemus, I have something real important to say to you. Listen, listen carefully. He says, verily, verily, he says, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know how far to take that altogether. I know what it means to be born of the Spirit. And I think I know, and I know what it means to be born of water. I will say this. I think Jesus made an exception on the cross. I don't think that's a doctrine that we count on. Okay, we'll just leave that where it is there. That's my opinion. Peter said, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's a connection. There's a connection and I'm, I'm not sure how far to go with it all but when I read the Scriptures there's a connection between repentance between and, and repentance and, and being baptized and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's a connection. I don't know how closely, I don't know. But in my mind, I'm saying, why separate that if we don't need to? There's a connection. <clears throat> Any, and, well, I'll go on. And the next one might be a little more meaningful to us. We're Gentiles. We're not Jews. We were not one of the chosen of God. We were not of His people. We were, if we would have been born back then, we would have been out here somewhere and it would have been us, them, them Jews, and, 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 that, and this is us. He, Peter said, repent and be baptized. And he said... Uh, he said, uh, save yourselves from this untoward generation. And they that, were gladly, they that gladly received his word were baptized, that saying they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And then, and then Peter goes on, he says, he spake these words to these people, and he said, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which we believed were astonished, and as many as came with this came with Peter because that on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered and said, Can any man forbid water? That these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. <clears throat> and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him tarry certain days. And then, and then here comes the... Uh, uh, Ananias, he's talking to Brother Saul here. He says, Brother Saul, well, you know the story. He came and they, they uh, Saul was struck down and he lost his sight. He went to the, to the city there and then the Lord told Ananias to go into this city and you find Saul and you tell him that I have need of him. And Ananias said, oh, Lord, we've heard about him. He, he, uh, he, he, uh, he takes people and... and, and persecutes them and takes them away because they believe in this new way. They believe in Christ. And, 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 I, and saw, God told Ananias, He said, I want you to go. 
God said to him, Come unto me, and he stood and said unto him, Brother Saul, or Ananias said this, Come unto me, and stood and said unto him, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. In the same hour I looked upon him, and he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will, and see that just one, and should hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men, for thou hast seen and heard. And now why tarriest thou? Arise, and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. The connection there was, as far as I could see, about, I think it says he was, he was, I think it was three days later, Saul was baptized. Colossians says, I'll cut in, break in here, it says, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and and uncircumcision in your flesh, hath quickened together with him, having forgiven all trespasses, blotting out these handwriting of ordinances that was against us, that was contrary to us, and took it all away, nailing it to his cross, having spoiled principalities and powers, and he made a show of them, openly triumphing triumphing over it, triumphing over them in it. We bury ourselves with him. Christ gives us the power to rise again. Baptism has a lot of significant or symbols to it. One of the symbols of baptism is that is an, it is a, a, a symbol of death. Death to self. It's a symbol of rising again to new life. It's a symbol of for being forgiven and washed clean of our sins. In 1 Peter he says, the like figure, he's talking about Noah and the ark before this, he said, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. The like figure of, Mo, of, of uh, Noah being saved by water. He was in that ark there and it, it floated on the water. That carried him through. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. Not because this thing, this, this water doesn't just wash us clean now but because, he said, it's the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what baptism is. It's an answer of a good conscience toward God. My conscience says I am free, I am clear, I am committing myself, I'm willing to go forward, and I'm not turning back. Brother Larry said several times yesterday as we interviewed these, these, these young people who wanted baptism, he said, we're not here trying to judge you and trying to determine if you are qualified or not. We do need to see fruit. We understand that. That's, Jesus is clear about that. But he said, what matters is if in your conscience, when you understand the truth of what you're doing, that's what matters. You need to understand the truth and be clear in your conscience, knowing what God expects and what God is asking of you. Knowing He's asking you to repent of your sins. Knowing He's asking you to walk walk clear and clean with Him. Knowing He's asking you to obey Him in everything. Your, Your conscience is clear. That's what you want. Now let me give some examples. On the day of Pentecost there, 
when there was, was there 300 or so? I forget how many, three, well, 3,000 were added to them. I don't know how many was up there in the room there, but a whole bunch apparently. And he said, Peter said, well, he was preaching and says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? They're pricked in their heart. They knew there's something wrong in there. And they said, what shall we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, I can look at that sometimes, and, and maybe the critics could look at that, and maybe you could get, if you want to do a real literal, he says, according to the King James, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. My understanding is that we've already read and heard that the, the, that the washing of water does not necessarily cleanse us. It's not by that. But it is more that he says, repent and follow me. This action of baptism, this willingness to be immersed in the water, this willingness to be baptized into Him. Or rather, maybe an unwillingness is going to set you aside. A willingness to do that is what we need. A willingness to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Our sins can be forgiven. Now, I don't know how you feel this morning. I don't know how you think about who you are before God. And I don't know how you think God sees you. But let me tell you how I believe God sees you just simply looking at this verse right here. He sees you as willing, if you have repented, and you have been willing to submit and subject yourself to His will, to be baptized, and you have accepted Him as your Savior, you've accepted Him as Jesus Christ for who He is, you stand before God righteous. I know what it's like to be discouraged. I know what it's like to say to myself, you're just not worth too much, Mark. You do a lot of things wrong and it'd be better if you just disappeared. I, I know what it's like. I know what that feels like. It doesn't feel very good. It feels like I'm right. I can tell I'm right. That's the way it feels. I'm not right. If I, have, if I have known sin in my life and I know there's sin there and I know I'm not willing to deal with it, go take care of it. But if you have done everything you can do, you need to say to that spirit, get thee behind me, Satan. That spirit is not from God. If you have done what you know you need to do, according to the Scriptures. <clears throat> Here's, um, the, the, we, we all think of this right away, the Ethiopian eunuch. And Philip ran to this man here and he said, uh, heard him reading out of Isaiah and he said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, no, I need somebody to help me. So he, he asked Philip, he'd come up, come up and sit with him. And where he was reading there was in Isaiah 53. 
He's led as a sheep to the slaughter like a lamb before shears his so he openeth not his mouth. And he said, he asked Peter, Philip, he said, who, are you, who is this of whom speaketh the prophet? Of himself or some other man? And Philip began to speak to him about the Lord Jesus. And it says, they went on their way and he came to a certain water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered, I believe. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And Philip and the eunuch went down and he was baptized. And I didn't, I didn't uh, uh, copy the rest of this down here, but I am, and maybe it even says this, I kind of forget. I believe Philip and the eunuch went on their way rejoicing. Okay? This is baptism. This is just simply a, a command, an action God is asking us to do. The connection, I read in the Scriptures, and that's what I see. Lydia was baptized. She, uh, she was a seller of purple, whatever that means. city of Thyatira, which worshipped God and whose heart the Lord had opened, and she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul, and she was baptized in her household. <clears throat> the cost. The cost of following Jesus. We decide, I am willing to follow Him. I am willing to let Him have His way in my life. I'm willing to trust Him. I'm willing to believe everything he says. I believe. What does that mean? There's a cost involved. It's not just a matter of, I believe with my head. It's not just a matter of, he did it all, I have nothing to do. I must believe. But I want to talk a little bit, well, a little bit about what that means. To believe. The cost. The cost of following Jesus is you have to put Jesus first. Okay? What does that mean? That means that if ever there's anything in my life that is contrary to what God wants, I must do what God wants, not what I want. That means that my will... My will, what I want, need to be subjected to His will. No question about it. So that I know, and He knows, whenever I am walking through life and I make a decision about something, I know that I have, I am walking with Jesus and He knows it too. It's a cost. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. And that means that I no longer am Mark anymore in my flesh. That means my flesh and my carnal fleshly desires must be crucified. Done away with. What that means. And, and we can talk about what all that means. I'm going to go on. 
Jesus said, No man having putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. No man. If I say, Okay, Lord, I'll follow you. I'll, I'll take this plow and I'll do what you ask me to do. You just pull it through there and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be there doing it. And I decide, wait a minute. Maybe that's kind of nice back there. Maybe I'll see what's back there. And you go back and pick up the things of the things that you repented of, the things you were once delighted in, idolized. He said, that person is not fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus said, once you set your hand to the plow, there's no question. There's no options. You don't have any options. It's serious. Matthew 3, he says, verse 11, he says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. That was John the Baptist. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. There's a cost. He's going to baptize you with fire. And I'll, I'll admit, I don't, I've had some fire in my life, but really, was it really fire that was really hard? There's sometimes we have fire in our life. And in fact, that is how God cleanses us. As we, as we walk through life, He keeps us clean. He keeps us working. He keeps us looking straight ahead. He keeps us depending on Him. It's by the fire that He brings into our life. And don't resent the fire. The fire is there because God wants it there. And God wants to cleanse us from something, somehow, some way. That's what the fire is for. Resist the fire 